Unlearning Labels. The podcast mission is not to offer solutions, but to offer a safe space to have the conversations that impact organizations and to deconstruct the issues. In this way, companies can better understand the problems, where they stand, and how we can help. Each month, on the last Wednesday, we dive into defining an aspect of allyship and diversity. Tune in as a team and make it part of your monthly staff meeting. Now for the show. Hello, and today we've decided since we're on the eve of the 20th anniversary of September 11th that it's only appropriate for the Unlearning Labels podcast to do a live. So hello, Marin Peter. You know, there's like so much going on right now, right? It's like we're in, well, the United States is pulling out of Afghanistan. And it's a really bad transition. And it's, you know, it's looking different in the United States. So why don't we start out with how is it looking in Europe? And then we'll bring it into um, what uh, organizations can do to facilitate conversations for people who may have relatives or who may be somehow affected Mm. by all of this. The, the whole thing that is going on in the world definitely affects uh, everyone. Uh, and, and, you know, it often brings our biases and our fears up. And, you know, we spend so much time at work and it absolutely probably affects our relationships as well. But, yeah, how does it look here? Um, I mean, from our limited view, you know, uh, it's upsetting. You know, I can just say from my personal experience that I just find it deeply sad that the West has pulled out, you know, and now it's a mess. And I'm just hoping that, you know, especially the female population can find a way forward. And I'm I'm amazed that they've actually risked their lives and they're, you know, protesting and saying enough, we're not going to go back 20 years. But I mean, just aside from Afghanistan and the anniversary of 9-11, because I was in the air at the time coming back with New Yorkers flying back from Reykjavik and uh, Mm. I'll never forget it, you know, like most people, it was a, you know, a world changing event. And I guess at this time, like with everything going on in the world, it just creates a lot of uncertainty. People get agitated and me included and I feel a bit nervous, you know, I I tend to switch the news off and not watch it, but you can't escape (laughs) it, right? I mean, we were talking before we recorded that I was asking Cordelia, had she seen this new documentary that was kind of talking about, you know, what happened before and how 9-11 happened now that they've got insights and, you know, what's going to happen going forward. And I, I guess from our side, it's just in the work that we do with companies, we, we see innocently that leaders get, get uncomfortable just like we all do, right? Because we don't see ourselves as experts. So we're like, how can we even talk about this stuff? But actually that can do more damage because you don't need to know all the facts. And let's be honest, you probably know more than you think because it, we're bombarded with so much information oh about goodness. all of these world events, right? So it's just creating a psychologically safe space where you know, you just say, look, I know things have gone on. How do you feel about it? And by the way, if you want to talk about it, I'm here, the door's open. But equally, if it's causing you to be a bit nervous and you're not sure, you know, how to even put that into words, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. But I think shying away from it and ignoring it, I think that can innocently or not do a quite a bit of damage. Mm -hmm. And that's what breaks and, you know, it it erodes through the trust that you would have in your teams and, you know, organizations and, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think lots of people don't aren't even aware of how it affects them, but it's all over the news all the time, and. Um, I remember at the time, when it was, I think it was 2015, that when I arrived to Germany first time, and there was a big, uh, there was lots of refugees that were coming from Africa at the time and from Syria, and and there was, a, you know, it was all over on TV and programs, and you could, you know, we travel and then you see people sleeping on the street with their bags and kids and and and. And it was so, and even now thinking about it, it's so upsetting for me because I, I come, you know, my background was as a refugee and it brings all these fears and memories and everything back up. And, and, and I wasn't even aware of it at the time when it was happening. So I think it's not that people don't want to talk about it. It's people are just not aware of how that inf- impacts everyone in a society. Or, or I can imagine, you know, fears of, uh, uh, Muslim population, like they have something to do with that, you know. But I think it's, 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 it's that fear that that, you know, it's it's underlying it. And if we don't bring it up, if we don't open discussions and we don't create safe spaces, it can create some really toxic environments where. People, some people are scared of retaliation and comments of other people. I mean, you know, that, that could be a person that just makes a stupid comment uh, that otherwise nobody would pay attention to. But then somebody who is, uh, say, Muslim, because they are scared of what may happen uh, to them, gets really agitated, stressed and, you know, uh, affected by that comment. So I think it's really important to uh, acknowledge that these things are not just happening to some people. It's I think it's happening in general in, in the society and we all need to be aware of how we talk, what words we use and how people around us may feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like what I'm hearing overwhelmingly from the both of you is in general, you never know what someone's going through. Mm. So just be kind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a Muslim, one of our, uh, I guess, one of our habits is understanding that a smile is a charity, right? So, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, just smile. <laughs> smile and wave you know and um that's a charity and that can brighten up somebody's day even your own you Mm -hmm. know because when you smile there there have been all these studies that it like it releases certain chemicals and it changes your physiology and from an energetic level like whatever you're feeling anyone you pass will feel that as well you know so um and you know, it's interesting, Peter, that you started out by saying like 20 years ago, I was in the air and I was like, where was I? <laughs> so like, I was actually at work, you know? And the 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 most interesting thing about this is I had become Muslim like two months before. So um, like in July of 2001, I became Muslim, like I left on Friday, dressed like you, Mira, mm. and I came back on Monday dressed like this. And people were like, what happened to you, you know? And so then like on September 11th, like everything was cool the first day, right? Because no one knew anything. 
but September 12th, it was on, you know, it was like, and I got in an elevator because I worked on the ninth floor, you know, so it was like a, yeah, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I smiled and waved, you know, because there were idiots and, um, you know, at the, at the minimum, you know, I knew if I smiled, like you'd have to be one miserable individual to not smile back. Mm. And so on the topic of psychological safety, there you have it. You can smile like mm. really. Mm. Um, and, and that might make it easier for you to have that conversation and hold space for a fellow coworker. Mm. Um, so it, it's sometimes the simplest yet most human things that we do that can really connect hearts. Mm-hmm. You know what? Kindness is so important right now. I mean, there's always challenges, you know, with society and in the world, there's conflict. Unfortunately, you know, it never stops, right? But when, when there's so much going on and it feels like, correct me if I'm wrong, this month just feels like, what else, you know? Every time, I mean, we were watching the TV yesterday and me and I got quite upset because, you know, my own country, and I'm proud to be British, by the way, but Brexit doesn't help. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but when I see the foreign minister, I won't name her, and she got enough airtime, but, you know, pu- pu- putting in a policy in place and really trying to turn back uh, refugee boats in, in the English Channel. And I'm just like, wow, this isn't the country that I was born in, you know, that I'm proud of. This is really, it's very sad. And then the news tagline was 15,000 refugees. What a large amount. I'm like, 15,000 souls doesn't sound like a lot. We're a rich country. Why don't we just accept that they're they're here and let's not judge anything? Although it sounds cliched and a bit cheesy right now, kindness is so underestimated. And especially if you're a leader right now, just as you say, it's such a powerful thing. You don't know how much of a positive impact you can have on someone's day just by coming in and smiling, even if you feel uncomfortable talking about current affairs, because we all do, me included, I'm no expert, right? But you don't have to start becoming a subject knowledge expert. You just have to be like, look. Yeah, you don't need to have opinions. Yeah, you just, well, you can have an opinion if you want, but I I guess what's going to be valuable, and this is what was valuable to me, is when people were just like, I'm listening. This is a safe space. I value you, I see you, you know, I'm part of the team. And if you want to talk about it, great. If you don't, it doesn't matter. But I'm just here and I'm listening and I'm not ignoring you. Because I think the biggest thing is when people are ignored, that can do massive damage. And then if you feel isolated in your job, and let's be honest, because most people are working from um, from home. Oh, yeah. yeah, that it's really difficult to feel part of things, even at the best of times. So for anyone listening, it's leader or not, just check in. You know, smile, just say to someone, you know, how are you today? You know, let's grab a virtual coffee. What do you think? What do you think is going on in the world right now? Because I'm confused. And just having that wonderful human connection can be the difference between someone feeling completely isolated and hiding away and not knowing what to do. Right? Yeah, mm. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe when these kind of events are coming, I mean, what we tend to do is we kind of speed up and because we get so scared about future or what may happen, la, la, la. it's actually slowing down and reflect and maybe in companies creating more time for these conversations mm. and, and for your own as is if you're a leader, if you're a manager, if you're leading a team, you know, putting more emphasis on 
individual conversations with people or putting in a little bit more team meetings where you don't just talk about work, mm. but actually getting to know each other and what somebody's experiences it and what they're doing. You know, you might have some amazing conversations where somebody is uh, volunteering somewhere, where somebody is, you know, as an organization, as a team, you can you can create so much meaning for people where they can feel included to do something else as well. And so there is so much, not just preventing bad stuff happening, but there is so much opportunity to to become, to bond more, to belong more, to feel more safe together. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm writing notes because this is really great, right? So, so far we've got smile, be kind, listen, mm-hmm. start team meetings with connection. And number five, guess what? Okay, so a lot of people don't know this. And when I go to my kids' schools mm-hmm. and talk about September 11th, they don't let me do it this year because of COVID, right? Um, so at, what was it, 9.30 a.m. on September 11th, the, um, the UN voted for the International Day of Peace to be September 21st. So for years from like 1983, when we had that first um, uh, tour in Lebanon, right? There was so much going on in the world, right? In the Middle East and well, actually not just the Middle East. It was like everywhere, like, right? Central America, because I, I remember I was in school and there were refugees coming from mm-hmm. everywhere. Anyway, so the third Thursday of September since 1983, had been the International Day of Peace. But because the third Thursday is kind of random, they said, look, we got to nail this down. (laughs) And so that morning, like 40 minutes before I think the first plane hit, or maybe not even, maybe like 29 minutes before, I only know that because my kids came home with the timeline of what happened. Why are they teaching kids that? Anyway, um, they had decided that the International Day of Peace will permanently be on September 21st. So I'm bringing that up because this is an opportunity from or, for organizations. If you go to internationaldayofpeace.org, um, you can say, you can put up community events. Mm, yeah. So, you know, your organization, even if it's like just a, you know, maybe you have a couple hundred people, you can have a community, community event to create peace in your community. And whatever peace looks like where you are is super important. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting that you say why they're teaching kids all these details. And, and I think that also brings, brings up lots of fear. Brings up lo- I think we should learn about the impact of things. We should, we should learn from history, but that's what really rarely happens. Mm, Uh, That's been my experience of war. Um, I I think what we are missing a lot as, and and this is something that can be done in companies on a company level as well, is the reconciliation. And uh, uh, it has been done. And and one of the reasons why, um, oh, help me, uh, a, a, a thought just escaped me. Is it in Africa, there was a big, in, 19, in 1994, there was a big uh, genocide. Rwanda? Rwanda. Oh, 
Oh, I was saying Sudan, but no, you're right. Sudan was before. Oh, was it? Ah, okay. Well, yeah. in in Rwanda, they they accomplished amazing, like the results of what they've done is amazing. Uh, the people that were killing each other are now living together and they're living even in communities together and helping each other. And is because they've done really strong, uh, there was a strong campaign on reconciliation and they brought people that were bringing this process of of bringing peace and, and acknowledgement. So what is that essentially is acknowledgement of what happened and what was everyone's part in it and then uh, forgiveness, forgiving ourselves for what we've done and, and other people because they didn't know better at the time. And so it's done in South Africa as well, uh, on the end of apartheid. Uh, and it's interesting. And, and they say that the reason why in America still uh, the race, the, the, uh, the racial differences are so big is because it was never, and not just in Africa, I look at Europe as well, look at uh, uh, Denmark, no, not Denmark, sorry, Norway. Uh, it's um, uh, it's actually never acknowledged, it's never done, it was always pushed away. It's not us, it's, you know, we are just defending ourselves. And it it was in the happen. past, it, it, it didn't happen, we are not like that anymore. But there is no feeling of safety, there is no... Um, you know, people cannot let go of the past until it's actually worked through. And and so uh, I think that's one of the thing that, things that companies can take as take on as, as projects within teams. These conversations, as you said, to be a little bit more structured and uh, and talked about things. And uh, I mean, who knows when that can take all of us. I'm so happy you brought that up, Mira, because exactly what you said, right? We coach companies, you know, executive teams on these kind of things. And, and the the um, the system that you described that they used in Rwanda for the reconciliation is exactly coaching. You mm -hmm. acknowledge, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you, you know, you forgive and then you um, build habits to honor the values that you really want to perpetuate. And that is exactly coaching. And so, um, you know, if you have challenges as an organization with reconciliation or with uh, even facilitating these kind of conversations, you know, that's the whole purpose of unlearning labels. It's not just a podcast. Mm -hmm. We actually do trainings for organizations and leadership teams. So um, I think that's a, a great place to stop. There's another reason why I liked your um, what you brought up, um, but it's political. So I don't know if we want to go there, you know. Um, do we? <laughs> no, maybe not, because I guess it detracts from what we're talking about. Again, yeah, there's a lot of politicalized things going on in the world right now, but we're not here to really propagate that any further. What we're saying is just allow open dialogue in your teams and you'll be amazed. That's what we'll point at, right? You know, even even if you don't need to work with us right now and things are relatively okay, if you want to keep that going and you want to create that psychological safe space and 
you know, make it more organic and natural. Just allow open dialogue. You don't, as Mira pointed to before, what I see teams and organizations innocently doing sometimes is, no, 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 we can't talk about anything that's not work-related. And actually, what gives people events and makes them feel safe and, you know, if, if there is a bit of anxiety, is just letting it go, letting it all come out. And quite often during COVID, one of the things that, uh, teams were asking us, right, was what could we do to make people feel more inclusive now that we're all remote? And I'm like, well, just hold space and listen to people, you know, put in a few hours during the week, during the month, where you just talk about whatever people want to get off the chest. Mm. And the transformation that happens and actually the, the learning that we all learn when people are just open to just listen to each other. That's when, you know, what we're pointing at is you learn a lot about your colleagues. And actually going forward when you have to do the hard work and when things get challenging, you know people at more of a granular level. Mm. You know, they tick, you know what makes them light up, you know, a bit about the family. And and luckily you can see a bit about the family when you join the calls, you know, on Zoom. Because you <laughs> yeah. can see the kids running around. And that's it, just hold those spaces. And that's literally what psychological safety looks like. It's just being okay if you're the facilitator. It is a bit scary because you're like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, can I really just let it all hang out? But actually... The more you do that, even though it looks like a mess, the better that the more serious business meetings get when you actually get to do that, right? And that's all we're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. that's that's where the depth is. Mm. So, um, in summary, um, creating safe spaces is is quite simple. You smile, be kind, listen, um, have a bit of free talk in your team meetings. Perhaps create an International Day of Peace on September 21st uh, community event and um, and be okay with being human and, and just relax. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy we decided to do this. I know it was like super quick and last minute, but I just thought, yeah. It's been a great conversation. And I, I think the more, again, we're putting our money where our mouth is, right? We're having a spontaneous dialogue, even though, you know, we're a bit confused by all of the world events. And, like, you know, we're often talking, you know, behind the scenes, saying, what what you make of that, Cordelia Mira? What, what, what the hell is going on right now? I don't know, you know? And actually, it feels nourishing, right? You feel safer just for getting it off your chest, you know, versus just watching the news in isolation and sitting in the feedback loop of fear and anxiety. And, 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 yes. and yeah, and I mean, people that are in fear uh, from, you know, they are experiencing fear right now because there is, again, you know, it's news are bringing that up so they have something to talk about as well. Uh, you know, lots of these stories are coming up and lots of... Um, and lots of scary stories are coming up that are triggering something in in individuals that have been through it or are scared of retaliation or, you know, all of it. So whether you had somebody who uh, uh, lost their life in the events or, or, uh, or you are scared for your own safety because... Uh, you, you are the reli- you're on the wrong side of religion or whatever you know or so you and so you might be surprised that when you talk about these things about how many people around you who are different than you that will be uh, supporting that will be uh, helping you that they're going to because they know you yeah. we feel safe and that's that's the one rule about humans, well, not just about humans, about all species, I think. We see, we feel safe in the environment that we know. And 
in companies, in, um, in organizations, especially in the large ones, if we don't know the environment, and it's not just physical environment, but it's also people that we spend most of our days with, even a CEO that we, we see maybe once a year, if we don't know that person, not their name and their title, but the person, we won't feel safe around them. And that's it. As simple as that. So the more we get to know about each other, the, the more we get to know each other's stories, uh, and the, the safer we are around. It doesn't matter how different we are, because once we get to know each other, we are not different anymore. Once you have a conversation with somebody who is totally different with you, you'll go, oh, actually, we are not so different. We, you know, those differences are just, in, they become that, invisible. Well, they become like uh, more re reasons to be more curious and enjoy someone's company. Yeah. I mean, like us, right? We met a year ago. Can you believe that? <laughs> That's just crazy. So, and... Um, but I feel like I know you more than some people I've known for like 20 years, you know? Yeah. So it's, um, it's just the more, the more you know someone, the more you trust them, the more you love them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in the way that human sh hearts should be connecting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I'm getting to tear now. Uh <laughs> But it's 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 really true. I mean, we we make it so complicated, you know. But it's really true. The more we know each other, uh, the 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 more the, the safer we feel, and and that's it. You know, we can, like I I've, I was listening to some story on TV, and and they're trying to figure out uh, why are people uh, becoming refugees? Why are they running away from the places where they lived? And then you see all these weird comments. So like, you know, they just don't like this or that. Like who in their right mind would leave the house, leave if they, if they felt safe and comfortable mm. and, and knew that they had future over there, you know, nobody. Yeah, pay us a people it's, smuggler to send them over the channel and the boat. Yeah, and, and potentially lose life sink. in the process, yeah. Yeah, it's and risk everything. Yeah. yeah, it's so not easy. I just, you know, I, I remember some of my um, schoolmates, you know, like when I was in high school, they were like... Um, when they told me just a little bit of their story and they were keeping a lot back, right? I was mm. just like, mm. Mm. I can't even believe we're the same age, you know? <laughs> <It's Yeah>. like... <laughs> there, there was a conversation we had uh, a couple of months ago with uh, uh, on, on the Mind Takeaway podcast. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. With, the, with the two sisters. Twins, twins. Yeah, the sisters. Yeah. They, they were refugees from, uh, from um, Albania. Albania. Yeah. And it was, they were about the same age at the time when they left, same age as I was. As when you? I, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and it was so interesting because we, so we recorded that conversation and it was, it was just, you know, just really amazing. And, uh, and then Peter's mom listened to that conversation and said, you know, I've never knew some of these things. I mean, she knows a lot when she's very, you know, she's an amazing woman with friends from all over the place and, and really easy to connect with. And she said, but some of the things I never, you know, I never thought about it, never came up in conversations, never, you know. 
Uh, and she said, now I understand why Mira sometimes does this or says that or, you know, <laughs> and, and it's true. You know, you, we don't, again, we can't understand somebody's behavior if we don't know them, if you don't know, if we don't know their story. Yeah. And it just reminds me that it, it's all about increasing your own awareness and that actually will help you carry you forward and be more safe because... Yeah, we, we kind of fear what we don't understand and we're all guilty of it. You know, it's our own blind spots that every single human being has. But, you know, as we've touched on here, the more I'm just willing to get into dialogue with someone that I'm not really understanding or I'm uncomfortable with maybe, you know, initially because I just don't know them. And then I'm gifted with, wow, I've never thought about stuff like that. Wow, I've learned about their culture, or, you know, how they got to where they were. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I'm just deeply curious now and I just want that... You know, I guess that's what we do right in our work at Unlearning Labors, but right. we just want to give the gift of curiosity to everyone else, whether it's a team, an organization, an individual. The more that you ask questions, okay, I want to know about what what makes you tick, you know, what kind of food you have, where did you come from? And if you do it under that loving lens and you're listening to someone, you can't not, you know, increase the safety of your own team. You know, and it's not, it, it shouldn't always fall to the leader, right? Because we, we hear this in this, you know, it's the CEO's fault or it's my boss's fault. But actually, I feel like we're all responsible. If everyone in the team, you know, right out the gates, like, okay, let's listen to each other. Let's, let's get curious about what makes us tick. Work aside, when you do the hard work, I'd hazard a guess that that's probably where the high performance will come in, because people are like, "Oh, I've got your back. I know you." You know, we've been, yeah. you know, we've we've had food in the break before. We've actually brought in food from our own house, and you know, I know you've got kids, and I know what makes you tick. You're more likely to actually do something that's more challenging together, or at least that's been our experience, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, because the way to someone's heart is through their stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is mine for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it is. It's true. It's high performance comes from that people want to support each other. They care about results because these results are helping somebody else that is part of their team. And I remember I was working with a team. Uh, this summer, and and their sports team, and and it says you know. It's, it's not so much like when we lose, it's I don't care so much about myself, but my teammates and how that how they feel because I didn't perform well. So I always want to perform well. So, you know, they, they win. They're part of the team and it's important for everyone. So um, so the more we know each other, the more we uh, understand each other uh Overall performance is performance of the individuals, but overall performance is also much, much. Uh, I wouldn't say stronger. What would be the word for us non-English speakers? Well, I, I, <laughs> I know, like I'm hearing, it creates more synergy. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then results, obviously. Mm. Follow. And results, yeah. you know. Mm. So, bottom line is <laughs> through the roof. Yeah. And that that's what it's really all about, right? So if you really want to make more money in your business um in your organization then create synergy um mm. by connecting hearts and and listening to your people 
Yeah, but that's what diversity and inclusion looks like. You know, if you want to inclusivity in your team, if everyone's listening to each other and embracing all of the the, the wonkiness and the differences and what, why we all wear different clothes and we all like different food, that's what a real team looks like. That's the reality of a really inclusive and space, safe space looks like. It, it doesn't require a big clunky project to get that going, right? <laughs> it's just like, wow, I, I'm embracing it because... I don't know about you know, it. It needs some guidance sometimes. Yeah, but, it, yeah. it does. But yeah. I, you know, I don't know about anyone watching this or listening. It's just I kind of see it boring if everyone's a mirror of me, because I know I can get on my own nerves. You know, so it's nice to have a different opinion and see things through a different lens. And also, I know that you know I can get stuff wrong, and you know I can annoy other people. So again, when you're with a group of diverse thinkers, and all that means is you're just listening to another human's opinion. You know those diverse thinking point or you know whatever they're coming from it's just because it's coming from an individual other than me so that's the beauty of it right and that that's what i think high performance looks like because you're not relying on just one feedback loop of information no. you're like okay what do you think because i've got no idea oh okay really? you've got a really good way of looking at it because from where you come from that's uh, you know i just would never have spotted that and that's all we're pointing to, right? That the more you're listening to each other in a team and an organization, that's where all the answers lie. They don't lie outside your team. You know, it, it probably, I'd hazard a guess, you'd probably get more answers from speaking to the person next to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so experiment with that, definitely. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for indulging uh, me and, you know, let's just hop on today and, you know, close out your day with me in this way. So, um, and for those of you who are watching and listening, if you gain benefit, you know, sharing is loving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so share this with another heart. And um, if you'd like to know more about what we do, uh, visit here on LinkedIn, we have a page called Unlearning Labels. And we also um, have a website called unlearninglabels.com. So uh, do connect with us in both places. Yeah, absolutely. If this conversation was sparked something in you uh, and you would like to know more about it or or, or just have a chat about it with us, uh, we are open to it. Yeah, so if it just piques your out. curiosity, yeah, reach out to us and get into dialogue. Thank you. Thank you and have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. As you can see, Unlearning Labels is about talking the walk of I see you, I hear you, and I value you. If you would like us to help you address any of the topics we explore during the show, such as diversity and inclusion, cultural change, leadership development, or one-to-one -one executive coaching, please contact us via www.unlearninglabels.com or reach out to us via LinkedIn.